they're bad, they're boys, and occasionally they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. downloading all the series of American Dad because um, from about series 6 on it's actually quite funny oh it is funny yeah I didn't realise it was because I'd always seen bits of it I th- after Family Guy without actually giving it its full time and finding the dad a bit annoying and yeah but it's not hard. it's the alien isn't it that's the yeah the alien and the, and the, the brother I yeah. saw the son are really good yeah no I I, um, I only watched it because it was just on after Family Guy and then you watch and you actually fucking actually some of this is it's like worse than Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything with the alien in where he's, he's like mistreating women or it's, it's just like a... they've gone like as long as we don't make it human, we can just do whatever the <laughs> yeah. fuck we want with it. Yeah. And the fact it's got Patrick Stewart in it is pretty much as himself. Yeah. It's... <laughs> oh, did you see Adam West died? Yeah. Oh, uh, they did a, a little best of. Oh, did they? Oh, did yeah. They? I don't think they necessarily released it in an episode, but they did it online. It's really funny. Oh, is it? Oh, it yeah. was excellent. It was, that was really good. So, just so weird. But it, it was perfect. And the, things like when he he goes nose punched and he bleeds, he's like, oh, my God, I'm a tomato. It's <laughs> <laughs> so the weirdest things. <laughs> They were really clever and really silly and really funny. The combination just... Or oh, when, when he has a screaming match with people. <laughs> I tell you, there's something weird about it. Like, Family Guy was one of those ones that just... It was just cancelled. It had a niche audience, but it just wasn't, like, commercially viable. It basically, DVD resurrected it. Its popularity yeah. on home entertainment basically resurrected it. And well, then, yeah, that was the before... Development was resurrected, what, five times now? <laughs> yes. four times. Yeah, every single series was was the last one. Yeah, it's just a clever, just crazy, clever marketing ploy. Mm. Right, should we kick off with this? Oh wait, mm. wait it, it, this, is this the start? Is this how we're now introing? We're introing with more um, uh, recommendations from uh, Netflix. <laughs> I actually, I don't even know if American Dad's available on Netflix. <laughs> it probably isn't. Or actually, I do have some recommendations. I listened to a podcast the other day. Um, I've listened to a few recently, um, a few alternative ones. Big fan of the Buckley's, uh, Adam Buxton. Oh, yeah. He did an interview with um, Adam Curtis, who is behind... I don't know if... Unless you're British, you might have heard of him, but he does some of the most mind-blowing documentaries where, where the it's completely counter to typical documentary style. Yeah. He uses flash photography and kind of MTV explosive camera styles and it really is it's sometimes quite hard to watch and he'll give a it, it's not something where he'll present the individual facts and say oh this is and go from a to b like someone like michael moore would yeah. he's someone who just bombards you with his viewpoint and adam interviewing him was incredible because and buckley's is quite jovial he's he's very clever and he's he's very informed but he's someone who is quite happy just pottering along being got a bit silly so to have the two of them together was it was amazing and they were talking about 
how um, society is changing and the death of religion and the death of politics and the, the kind of religion itself and all and when you come into it must be strange actually sometimes we listen to bad boy running and we go off on, on tangents in a similar <laughs> way <laughs> what in the way that we've started this podcast without introducing ourselves in any way yeah i mean p- potentially <laughs> like that because but I, I just all we need to do is say we're experimenting with the format and then you can get away yeah, with it absolutely this is um this is cutting edge this this wins his awards Absolutely. You'll, you'll, you'll start listening to this thinking, oh, I must have missed the first part because they've just gone straight into it. <laughs> they've been, they, it's almost like I've gone into the middle of a conversation. So they, they, I must have missed the first part. Let me go back and listen to it. And it's our clever ploy to get you to plough back through uh, the uh, Bad Boy Running back catalogue in order to uh, get our uh, listening numbers up. Yeah, absolutely. But, but do, do listen to that. It's, it's Adam Buxton. Everything he does is fantastic, um, but his interview with um, with Adam Curtis is it'll just blow your mind. It, it, the Adam Curtis he's, he's not so much a psychologist as someone who actually looks at um, society as a whole, but in a completely different way to any other kind of philosopher. Any philosopher I've, I know. So um, yeah, just just amazing. But um, welcome to the Bad Boy Running podcast. <laughs> welcome to Bad Boy Running. I'm Jody Rainsford. I'm David Hellard, and for a change, we can't actually see each other because we've been having some technical issues. Yeah, we're sli- it's like the early days. Um, it's not the sound, it's the vision that's the issue. Um, but yeah, my, my laptop is, this is how it operates. We, yeah, we, I live so much of the laptop uh, lifestyle on the beach and everything that when my laptop breaks, literally my life um, ends. Uh, mm. and, so, uh, and so nothing happens. And so my, you know, Apple have got my laptop for, for 10 days, and so uh, you haven't had a an episode but there are episodes ready to ready to go isn't that risky <laughs> it's a bit risky isn't it <laughs> what they get i mean could they find things oh no not that type of risky no 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 they won't find anything maybe the Edinburgh marathon have organized for oh yeah oh, in that sort of mi5 style like you know um the, your laptop will be found with compromising material on it in fact talking about netflix i yesterday watched Actually, it wasn't even on Netflix. On the BBC, there was a, a documentary about the founder of the Silk Road and how they swooped and got his laptop. That was amazing. The what? The, do you know the Silk Road? Do you not know the Silk Road? What's the Silk Road? I know the oh. Silk Road as in the, the, the Silk Road, as in the old trail of uh, so trading this was a, What's the this Silk was a Road? Website. It's a website named after um, the, the idea. It, it was... It's set up um, heavily encrypted, so you have to have a um, encrypted VPN, right. which um, then scrambles the the flow of information to and from your computer via three different servers in different locations in the world. Yeah. So once you've done that, and it means that anyone who's then tracking the information can't see which IP you are or which IP you're getting your information from, so therefore can't tell where the computers are or who the computers are. Once you've done that, only then, once you've got this encryption, can you then go on this website that was called the Silk Road. Oh, okay. And it was, you've probably heard or read articles or, or heard rumours of it. It was a website where you could buy anything, essentially. And you paid for it using bitcoins, which can't be traced. Yeah. And you could go on there and just order drugs. Um, I don't think you could, you could order Hitmen, um, but you could order pretty much anything else. And it gets delivered directly to your door. Really? 
So it was set up by this geeky guy in California yeah. in, who um, was at university at the time yeah. and was just living a very normal student life. And at one point, I think he, they, they reckon he was, he'd earned about $100 million oh, by that really? stage. Yeah, and this was in the space of maybe two years. And the FBI really struggling trying to find him because there's all these different... I mean, if you think how highly encrypted Bitcoins uh, bit, um, are yeah. and the fact that, you know, if... If you think that the very best um, cryptographers would be trying to break that, the criminal cryptographers, because if they can break the codes, they can just steal everyone's money. Yeah. Um, so the fact that the FBI, you know, were trying to use that kind of level of encryption, and it, it went back actually. They they end up catching him because he had they they figured for this to have taken off, then there needed to be a way in which people knew that. Um, they had to install this torrent to then find this website. Yeah. So they went back and he was advertising for, using his normal email address, advertising for people that could um, code. <laughs> and they tracked, yeah, they tracked him. On the basis yeah, and, of he was using his, just his email address. Yeah, and, and oh. they end up busting him in a coffee shop. So not even in a coffee shop. He was busted in the university library using the, the computer there because that's when he used the... He go into the library to use their Wi-Fi um, and to log on onto this site. Oh, amazing. crazy! That's amazing. Yeah. I'm sure that's been a storyline in in The Good Wife or something. I'm sure <laughs> I, I, it, it sounds really familiar. Yeah, I mean it. It's. It might, it might have based it on that actually. That would that would that would make sense. Oh, I love that stuff. I yeah, that and idea. but it it really does make you wonder. Now that that's happened, someone can do exactly the same thing. And just not advertise using their email address. And what can you do to stop it? That, do you know what? I wonder if Monkey Tennis are doing that. If they're hacking iTunes to give them much better listener figures than us. It's the, it's the only explanation. It is the only explanation. There's no, there's no other way, reason that could... Yeah, Actually, go on. I've got a really... I was hoping you were going to have your video today so you could see oh, no. my room. Oh, why? I, I, for one, it's covered in boxes. I'm moving in with the missus tomorrow. So, big step. I'm leaving. Ooh. I've been in the same bedroom in Finsbury Park for 11 years. <laughs> wow. So, it's going to be emotional. Oh I know. God. You're but moving I... all... So, what, what? I take it that's just basically free technical t-shirts and pairs of shoes, isn't it? That's, that's really all you're moving. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> it's shop blocks, t-shirts. Shop blocks. Oh, that's perfect. You get your delivery of shop blocks now when you're about to move in. I mean, she must be absolutely chuffed about that. <laughs> and and two thousand camel toes. <laughs> but, um, oh, I, I mean, go on. But it's have you? When's the last time you moved house? You oh, you moved from Brighton, didn't you? I we um. Do you know what? In the like the, the first two years of Frida's life, we moved like five times or something because we were trying out different places. So yeah. we, we went um, down to we moved from London down to Brighton, then we moved yeah. Brighton out to um, a little like village uh, called Stenning, and that mm. was <laughs> that was rubbish <laughs> for about six months, and then moved back to Brighton, and then we moved out to somewhere just north of Brighton, and then we moved to where we are now, Haywards Heath. So we we moved loads. It's awful. And how does it affect your running? How does it affect your running? Um, well, because you just, that's a good question, actually, because, um, with some of the places you moved to, um, I found it really easy to, to like get back in. Like when we, when we moved out to, um, 
uh, like the places in the country and stuff. It was it was mm. a nightmare to run because there was it's not saying like you've got parks or or roads and stuff like that to run on. Mm. Um, and I won't run on the road because um, I just think that's mad. Um, so you, you don't do it. But when you move back, like when you move to Brighton or a city or something, um, you know you can you can run whatever the yeah you know, whatever the season. Um, it's strange, isn't it? Because I think it almost intuitively you think that moving to the countryside will open up yeah just thousands and thousands of, of beautiful pathways but actually it, it can be incredibly restrictive it is no unbelievable yeah it's, it's brilliant in, in like summer and everything and you, mm. you know like when we, we were at the foot of the downs and you could just go straight out onto the, either on, on on the river or up on the downs and it was amazing but then come winter um you were like you know there, there just were, wasn't like enough pavement around to to do mm. like long distances and stuff whereas when we lived in brighton it's that's you know it's so much easier because you can run up and down even if the weather's a bit drizzly and stuff you can run up down the seafront you you've still got enough um uh road park pathway and everything to be able to get like big enough distances up unless you wanted to like just do laps of a cul-de-sac somewhere or or whatever and, you know, yeah so it is it, yeah moving to it, and like in Hay- haywards heath mm. um it I, it's rubbish running around here, like in the winter. It's absolutely rubbish. It's just like it's awful. I really miss like being in a in a in a city. Because this is my 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 worry is. I mean, I, so where where, nice... where where are you moving to? Where does she live? She's in Brixton. We're moving to the ghetto. Brixton, oh man. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing place. It's fun. It's got so many good restaurants and bars. Um, but it's. My worry is because I mean the good thing is I do love exploring and the ability to just and I've I've been running from her several times because yeah. obviously stay there at weekends and I've done long runs from there. <laughs> You're running from her several times that doesn't sound in any way dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. But the so I have been exploring a little bit, but yeah. a lot of running is about just taking the hassle out of it and yeah. having because when you're trying to train hard, having any kind of barrier could be the difference between you doing that run and not doing that run yeah that's right actually and so my my worry is here if i need to do a tempo run i know where i'm going to do it depending on which distance if i need to do hill reps i know which hills i'll go to if i need to do um short intervals i can go to heathside at the track um or i know like 1k where i can go 400 where i can go 800 i've got all my little running routes yeah set out i've got my buddies i can do my long runs with i've got my my routes back from town if i'm doing a longer run if i'm doing a 14 mile run i've got three or four different routes that are all really nice slightly different and so yeah i'm gonna be down there with a blank piece of paper which is really exciting in some ways because there are some really cool parts nearby i can run out to dulwich you've got crystal palace with quite a few hills down there start of the green chain um walking links but it's the fact that i don't know uh, my the main one because we're building up for next year for some really hilly uh, races so i want to be able to find the equivalent of what the roller coaster i've mentioned before which is a series of road that run that run parallel to each other up and down a hill so you end up just going up right right down left left up right right yeah and you're constantly running up and down these hills without being on the same hill so i I need to find something in south london that's that's easy to get to that is pretty beastly to run up that also has that and i just don't know if i'll be able to do it yeah it's interesting well uh, so 
that's something I was going to ask you actually. Is there anything you're specifically training for at the moment? Like when's your when's your like like first big race of next year? What's what, what? Yeah, what is your next race actually? Well, we've got the because I was focusing because I wasn't really training that much, um, just dilly dallying, but I focused on the beer mile a little bit and yeah. doing shorter intervals. Now that's out of the way, the next race is probably the Edinburgh Ultra with oh, Rat Race. Course, yeah, yeah. That's still a couple of months, though. But if I mean, come and join us, guys. There is a, a discount, 10% discount code in the Facebook group. But that is, it's I think it's 50k. So it's quite nice. I know it's more. It's maybe 34 miles. Does that, does that sound about right? What is it? So I think it's slightly over 50k. Okay. Um, 56k maybe. But um, yeah, so that's that's the next one. But we're we're ultimately building up to the comrades. But that's in June. You're going to do comrades, nice. Yeah, yeah. Is, that, yeah. is it? What is it? An up or down year? Down year. It's a down year. Oh, yeah. easy then. Just gra- let gravity take you. Well, I mean, it plays for my strengths, but it's amazing. I saw uh, if you if you know the comrades, have a look at it, guys. It's um, it's probably the most famous ultra. I would it's suggest. probably the biggest ultra. Just the uh, oldest. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. It's almost certainly the oldest. I I. It has to be the biggest. I can't think of any other big ultras. Yeah. So basically, it's um, uh, Comrades is uh, in South Africa, and it has what's the distance on it? I can't remember. Is it fifty-six miles? Fifty-six miles, and yeah, and mm. so each year um, they have an up year and a down year. So it's it's three hills in total, isn't it? Um, and was oh, that right? Yeah. Um, well, I was I was looking at a, a I saw a, a little graph of what the down year looked like. Yeah, and I was looking. I was like, "Oh my god, that's so sweet!" You just basically run all the way down for fifty-four miles. <laughs> and I saw, I saw another picture of it, and the, the, someone had clearly used some kind of algorithm that had smoothed out all of the smaller. <laughs> and he, suddenly, this it zoomed in, and I realised actually it was all jagged. And I, I don't know what the ascent is, but it looks like it's just horrifically up and down constantly. It's just that overall, but you end up having run slightly more downs. But it's road, isn't it? So yeah. So you know that's 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 you know um, you actually don't find that many like ultras on on a on a road. Uh, it's too hard. I mean, it, yeah. there aren't any ultras big enough to be able to close off roads in general. Yeah. I don't think. But no, but I think being on a road be might amazing. make it harder. No, I, th- I think it'll definitely make it harder. But I think that's uh, that's going to be amazing. The atmosphere of that—it's yeah. just like there's people that have, you know, they, they, we talked uh, about this in the past about like you know different colour shirts and vests and stuff you have for the amount of people. But there are people that have done that from the start. Um, you know, we're still doing it. It's just in, in just incredible race. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of building up to that. But um, actually, one thing that I was hoping I could show you. That was a segue from before, but I've, oh, I've yeah, lost on, the chance now. Oh no, go is, on. Um, I've actually been sent some drugs. What? Yeah, I've been sent. Um, Wait a minute, you're, you're not talking about yourself in a third person here, and you're going to listen to me seg into the fact that you've sent out the caffeine bullet now. <laughs> no, that that is true. David as well. Hellard sent me some drugs. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> They're amazing. Yeah, I should buy yeah, loads good. of them. Yeah, that's, that's good value. No, I um, I've been. I've been sent this hemp oil, which is supposedly completely legal. It's called, I've been sent it by this company called Truth Superfoods. And 
Um, I was talking to my friend Mark, uh, Mark Mene, who he's pretty big up on his um, his personal trainer, quite big on his nutrition. So. Good on big on his steroids. <laughs> he's big on his. I mean, he's big <laughs> enough. He'd, he'd think he was steroiding, but yeah. no, he's. Um, I mean, he, he in his past, he's he started a cold press company. Um, he's he's really big on his nutrition. Um, he um, he was talking to me about this and how they've removed the psychedelic yeah. part of. Um, of hemp oil and what's left is this thing called cbd oil which apparently is incredibly good for runners right now the problem is <laughs> i've been on their website and because <laughs> legally... was, was it called truth superfoods yeah truth superfoods yeah <laughs> was this provided to to you with any um instructions as to how you need to talk about yeah this? yeah they just said you ain't seen nothing right <laughs> yeah, you, ain't, you ain't seen me <laughs> yeah i don't exist <laughs> so the um but the thing is because because they haven't done scientific studies of it in the uk they can't actually and advertise any medicinal properties in the uk <laughs> so the website has got nothing on it at all <laughs> about it's just like this is this is a thing that you can use for stuff but it doesn't tell you how to use it how it relates to running um, all the benefits. Um, so I've been sent some jelly, ba- uh, jelly babies with um, some kind of gummy bears with it in. And then it, it just comes in the liquid form where you're meant to put a dab of it beneath your tongue and then swill it for a minute to help it absorb and then swallow. Um, so I've got to do a bit of research, but potentially it's meant to stop the um, stop swelling and inflammation which helps with recovery and also helps you sleep better but i need to do some research first to understand what it does and how to take it to then try and take it the right way to then try and find out if it does anything i'm looking on the i'm looking on the truth website and i can see a picture of mene on there (laughs) is he really (laughs) yes holding a bottle yeah he is (laughs) what's he doing he's holding a little uh what's a little bottle of it up (laughs) brilliant Okay, I'm just going to type this in. If, uh, if <laughs> listeners at home, if you want to see what Manny Machine looks like, he is a single man. He is a legendary man. Um, oh, yeah. He's on there. He's, in, he's part of the truth community. Is he? Yes. Well, yeah. I might be on there at some point uh, once Hempor- I figure out what to do and if it works. Um, uh, hemp oil's in loads. We, uh, as, a, like a, as a vegetarian, uh, hemp oil's all over the place in terms of... Really? Yeah, yeah. Like and hemp protein and stuff as well. Like hemp is just like forms like a major. It's like an extra food group almost. So it is. It's completely legit. And if if I walk through customs, oh, they're it, these gummies. That's what they sent you, are they? Are yeah, they? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah, so I'm gonna try them out and. I'll let everyone know what happens. <laughs> I don't know if it makes you a bit stoned or not. Are you going to... I don't think it do. I don't think it will. These people don't look... Sto- a couple of them look stoned. I can't find the website. What is it? It's truthnaturals.co.uk. I'm, not, I'm doing a brilliant job for them. I haven't got any of this stuff. <laughs> it's almost... It's one of those really annoying how, adverts. How expensive is this stuff? It's like free shipping for orders over 85 quid. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, wow. I mean, it could be... It's quite new, so it wouldn't surprise me if. Does it? You need to find out whether you can use this with um, 
uh, caffeine bullet. In conjunction with? In conjunction, or... Yeah, it says, it says that there are no... It's a very safe sub- substance with no known adverse effects. But if you're taking other medications... <laughs> 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 you could die <laughs> if you. This is going to be actually. This could be a good basis of the website you're going to have. There's going to be absolutely <laughs> no proof whatsoever on it. Just pictures of Mene. <laughs> <laughs> is Mene part of um, kind of Getty Images stock photos? <laughs> <laughs> if he isn't, he needs to be. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. Right, that's a good idea. Everybody, send in your stock photos that we can use for any product. Oh my goodness, stock runner photos, stock stock bad boy running photos. Oh, that would be amazing. Like those ones that, um, uh, like Vince Vaughn did. Um, for is it Vince Vaughn uh, did like the intern? Um, they distributed all those stock photos of him in like various corporate poses and stuff. It was it was hilarious. I've not seen it. Hey. No, no, no. Oh no no yeah they're they're really good yeah but yeah some do better stock photos of running it because like running images on uh, on those uh, what's it called uh, stock sites and everything are dreadful yeah there's just like, the most unrealistic human beings on the planet people that clearly aren't runners um, like look looking at their watch or running into into the you know the distance or something although there is a there's a, there's a girl I call um, have I talked about this before generic pretty Chinese girl. <laughs> so there's this girl i noticed about four years ago who is a kind of generically pretty but westernized chinese Sorry, girl that you, that you know as a person or you've just seen what, what in, in what context i just i started seeing her in adverts oh okay okay and once you see her she literally is ever well not literally everywhere oh, but she, i she think is i know in, the one you're talking about She's in hundreds of photos, anything to do with health and fitness. And Claire would always say, yeah, 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 you're just slightly racist and it's another Chinese person that you're <laughs> assuming they all look the same. I'm like, no, I swear, I swear, that may be true, but I swear, I swear. And so over the course of the last year and a half, every single photo, we went to Iceland and we saw her in two different adverts. And it was, and you can. She does. She is quite distinctive. So I'll post them in the group. And what we need to do is to try and find as many photos. I, I just want to know who this person is. She, she's either a millionaire, like the hardest working model, or she's, she, she's, um, she's, she's in exploited. the slave trade. <laughs> exactly. I am. Um, I'm good at that. I'm good at um, spotting actors in adverts. Um, because they'll they'll use you'll see the same ones crop up for different types of adverts and stuff. And you'll be like, no, no, she's definitely not got you know irritable bowel syndrome because I've seen her in another advert. And you know, or, or it's it. when you have someone who is almost famous. Oh yeah, as an actor who then so Martin from Game On was he's the drive he's a dad driver I think in an insurance advert at the moment. Yeah, and it's really yeah. distracting because you it just ruins it. You're like. That's not a real dad. That's Martin <laughs> from Game On. Jesus. From Game On. <laughs> no, that's true. Seeing, yeah, seeing people that were either, yeah, were about to break into being famous, and they've just been downgraded to ads. Yeah, that must be painful. Yeah, you get, you know, you, it's always, it's always you a good get. foothold. There are some, there are some ads to be better ads than others. Like if you get into a, like a boots ad, if you like get into a family on a boots ad, is that, is that top? Is that top? I uh, think top it's one of the ones. Or, <laughs> oh yeah, boots, definitely. 
Okay. I've seen loads of loads of people have gone through the boots ads and they've gone on to other ads. It's almost, it's almost like the bill or a casualty <laughs> of the ad world. You go through that in order to get to you know something bigger. <laughs> no, we no. should try and get on one then. Let's, we'll get, that's our... get, get in an advert. It's tough. That's like what my sister does. She's in like she's in different ads and stuff. What's she been in? Um, she was in an ad for. Well, she's you know you know the um, you know on like BBC One and BBC Two they have yeah. those bits in between. Um, uh, programs where they do the BBC One thing, and they had that circular Aren't they thing going disabled, on. Aren't they disabled, though? No, they're not disabled. <laughs> no, but she was in playing those. like basketball in wheelchairs, or yeah, she was a she was a, a wheelchair bound basketball player. Nice, no, nice. That's a good gig to get. Um, she was, um, I think she was for Jessops as well. She was on a, a TV ad for Jessops and stuff. She's in, she's in another ad, and I can't remember who it's for. So, I mean, it works well. It does well. It, they, they they pay well when you when you're in the, sort of the bigger ads and stuff. But and do you know do you know it's coming or are you just watching TV and like oh wow <laughs> I oh, didn't she know in, she was in an ASDA ad um, for <laughs> it, with, with the barbecue season stuff. I don't know if I'd want to be in an ASDA ad. Yeah, I'm more of a kind of um, well middle. I, yeah, I'm a little guy. Yeah, but I, I, cool, needles, but cool I, I see myself moment. as aspirational. Quick save. Quick save, that's right. What happened to quick save? Um, but <laughs> but anyway, how have you been? What's, um, what's new in your horizons? Well, not, not a huge amount, to be honest. Not a huge amount. I've, um, I was, you know, we were just talking about the whole um, signing up for um, doing like races and stuff like that. And it, it had occurred to me once we'd got... Um, be a mile over mm. i hadn't hadn't got anything booked so um so i decided to it's quite I'd... rare because summer seems to be the time when you're quiet and then it no, it's normally spring and autumn where you have the races on yeah yeah i just and i i have suffered a bit because the fact that i've just i've not i've been running but i've not had like a you know like a sort of a set routine of i'm working towards something mm. um, which it, you know because the problem is when you don't have that you can just easily not do stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, massively. Well, come and do the Edinburgh Ultra. Well, I, I get a ten percent discount. I might. <laughs> <laughs> I th- what I like about it is that you're not even sure on the distance. Thirty <laughs> miles, forty. I don't know. So it's a certain amount of miles. Um, but yeah, I um, I so I've um, I've booked a um, a marathon in December because I thought you know. I want to run in the rain. Oh, which one? Um, Portsmouth Coastal. So that's the one. That's the one that I. Is that me? I've. I did. That's where I've set my fastest marathon time. Um, and that's the one that I. I was. I, I ran while I was training for the MDS, mm. and I set my fastest marathon time, and I end up walking half of it. So, I think there's like there's an opportunity there to try and do better than I did before. You've got enough time to build yeah. up to it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So and what's the date for that one? 17th of December. Ah, okay. So that's Sunday, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not the weekend of the uh, BBR Christmas party. So that's the important thing. Well, actually, interestingly enough, I, I'm going to have to do a marathon, I think, in either October or November because, comrades, you have to qualify by running a marathon in a particular month. 
and oh yeah i think yeah there's there's some weird stuff around that i couldn't i it confused yeah. the hell out of me um i remember looking at it and i remember emailing them about it um when i was interested in doing it yeah so what you have to run one within a certain time period before you but I think it's incredibly specific. So London, for example, if you want to qualify as a good for age, you need to have run within the last two years at the, at the time. Yeah. Um, but Damien, who I, who I spoke to a couple of days ago, he did it last year. And he's a pretty good runner. And he still has to run a marathon, even though he finished Comrades in what would be a good time. Um, I can't remember what, what it was. But he still has to run a marathon again to then apply for next year which to me seems a little bit crazy that is weird i just i just don't understand some of the qualification stuff of different things it, yeah. it's so mixed up it'd be good if there was some sort of universal qualification for doing things because i yeah. can understand because I, I was thinking about this today i, I was uh, messaging leagues i was um, thinking about the ocr world championships mm. and a lot of what you said in that original um, podcast um when you were um talking about you know the sport not being elite enough and everything it's really making a lot more sense now <laughs> because, oh, now that lee's qualified well, no but no i don't look, i'm not taking anything away from lee and i, I will say this he deserved <laughs> he deserved to like qualify but it's a bit weird that he's qualified for something and he now then has to train to try and finish it because he it yeah because it's so technical so yeah so he's qualified for something. It's like it's the complete opposite of how like the Olympics would work or how anything else would work. And then like for the MDS, you don't. There's no. There's no qualification criteria. Yeah. At all, apart from you handing over your cash. And so it's just it's weird, isn't it? Like what some things are really specific. Some things are you know. I, I mean, it's all down to the individual race or not. But it's it's all like pain in the ass. I mean, some of them you can see are there to make money. Yeah. And um, some of them are what, there. You're to... saying that MDS is a money-making organisation, <laughs> <laughs> but, but some of them are there to whistle down numbers. But that's the thing about the comrades; it's just if awkward. You, if you've done it a previous year, there's absolutely mm. no reason why you should need to qualify. And especially as if you if you're marathon fit, because when where you start depends on your marathon time when you you uh apply so if you want it one year yeah and it might be they do have some rules um that are slightly different if you're a winner of your top 10 but say you're you're incredibly fast you're 15th yeah you then have to run a marathon later that year and that time would then determine where you started and given how big a race it is you don't want to be stuck at the back yeah. or even stuck in the middle because it's such a prestigious rate, uh, race that there are going to be hundreds of people faster than me there. And so, you know, it, it's, it's a really, really competitive field. But it's crazy that you need to be marathon fit in October, November, when the ultra is in June. Because essentially it's saying you need to peak in the autumn yeah. and then either hold on for eight months or then lose your fitness again and build it back up i wonder uh, i wonder if that stops dropouts i wonder if that has an effect on it because if you like for example like london what's the dropout, mm. the dropout race ridiculous isn't it um yeah like 25 percent yeah, something like yeah. that 25 percent or whatever but if you force people to be fit um 
in you know at the you know in the October or whatever before then they're never going to get to that point where they're going to lose that fitness are they I mean if you knew they were running you got into, you got you know into um uh, a good level of fitness running you wouldn't lose it the pe- reason people drop out is they hit January and they go oh fuck um yeah I haven't I haven't done anything can I can I get this back and that's that's why that's why people drop out very I imagine then- go on but you'd have thought if that was the case, they'd make the qualifica- qualification in February or in January when it would actually be useful to be running yeah, a marathon in yeah. January or Feb and building up because it's just too early. It would be like saying you've, <laughs> you've got to run a half marathon in October for, for London and you, it's too far out from the end of april to to keep it going really you you've, you just think i'll oh, sorry i'll start again after christmas and for a race in june you're going to give up on christmas and then yeah like, yeah right. june yeah it's the fact it's in june i mean if it was like a uh like this like a spring marathon like it was like april or something like that a little bit more um yeah and you could start with just a really low base fitness and just not been running hardly at all in january and be able to build up to almost full race potential by june so it's just a bit weird. I mean, it's it, 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 it could be annoying just because I don't know if I'm going to have any free weekends. So I'm going to have to end up having to run a marathon probably hung over to hell um, just to qualify. And, and actually, the, the time you, you run in isn't important. It, it's, it's important for where you start, but it's not a tough qualifier. It's not as if you have no. to be doing a sub 330 or sub 310 or something. I think you can you know do six hours and still qualify. Yeah, but you just have to do it. You just have to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good. The thing is, about some of those qualifications, the, the, some of them don't make sense. Like, when now that we're talking about it, so, like, if you say you've done a... Like, people that run, like, um, like 100 miles and something like that, they, you know, have you run a, another 100 miler, like, within the last two years? Because it's quite easy for you to run, like, a 100 miler and then just mm. sat on your ass for two years because I pretty much did that. <laughs> but I, suppo- uh, yeah. I suppose... I suppose it's the experience, isn't it, really, rather than the fitness with, with that. Um, yeah, I guess if you finish that 100 mile, yeah, it's shame you've gone through yeah. the process. Yeah. But um, actually, so one thing that links into it, we, we mentioned it briefly last time, but I'm going to be crewing next week um, a friend who's doing the CCC. Oh, yeah. And this is one of those races where there's you've got to win points. So most people on the podcast have probably have heard of the UTMB, which is the ultra trail Mont Blanc that I'd probably say is the most pre- prestigious race in Europe. Is that fair? Um, it is. Yeah, it is prestigious. It's a, it's a serious race, isn't it? It's um, so it's around the, basically around the, the, uh, um, uh, the base of Mont Blanc and, um, it's, uh, it, oh, I, can't, I don't even know what the elevation is. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. It's, yeah. It's, it's a killer um but um but yeah so you again it's one of those you need points for um i don't know what the points thing is for uh for the, for the ccc so the ccc is a spin-off um like you said is yeah. it the tds as well and is there another There's one the occ occ yeah um, and they're, they're all slightly well they they build up to each other but i think a lot of people do the ccc if they haven't got enough points for the utmb with the hope of then getting enough points for next year to do the utmb yeah yeah, but it's but yeah, that it's a um, so you basically you're running uh, across like well incredible terrain and everything. You're going down into the into the villages um, at each of the uh, uh, like. But only going country to country. What do you mean? 
Yeah, so it, it goes. It, you start in Cham, Chamonix, I believe, uh, yeah. and then run um, into Italy and uh, into Switzerland. I assume you don't have to take a passport. Well, they don't make you queue to <laughs> get through. That'd be brilliant. Oh, I'm, I'd love it if they can get their the, own back for Brexit. Yeah, all the Brits are there. Yeah. having getting a separate queue. Oh, yeah, it'd be like like the MDS. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I've been, I'm going out to crew my friend Misha, who I think you've probably met. He's done MDS. He's done some pretty epic races before. Yeah. But he, I don't think, I mean, he doesn't, he, he does train hard when he can, but he's, uh, he's a, you know, banker who works books in Tokyo and the UK. And so he's got a young child. I don't know how much training he'd have done for this one. Yeah. And he's asked me to go and crew, and I've got no idea what that means. Right, okay. And, I mean, have you had a race where you've had someone crew you? Oh, like every every 100 mile I've done. But the... Because I know you've had paces. Yeah. But, I mean, what what's the main difference between... So... From my, well, talk, talk me through what you think... I need to be thinking about and also the main difference in in how I help him so so what's what's the distance of um UTMB was it 100, 132 something like that what's the the so UTMB is 103 miles but the the CCC is yeah. slightly smaller I think it's about 66 yeah and has he got a pacer as well you're not allowed pacers you're not allowed pacers okay okay no. so basically so the, the whole point of support crew is um, to pr- pretty much provide um, backup and provide some sort of structure. So when you come into um, aid stations or checkpoints, um, mm. you have you, know, you have your routine that you need to, to do in order to make sure that you've got things like, right, so it's things like um, uh, filling up your gels, filling up your water, um, doing that whole checklist of stuff, um, and then getting them to, to, to basically check you. So... You know, as you... So, so in this race, you wouldn't go out with everything you need for the race. No, no, absolutely not. Um, and you, yeah, you know, and you wouldn't be able to as well. You, you know, and you don't know what you need. So the whole thing about doing like those sort of long distances is the fact mm. that you need to adapt. You need to adapt on it. So like, you may need your feet may need attention. Um, mm. you know, at, at a certain point, and so they're there with everything that you need in order to be able to overcome whatever challenge comes up. So, um, because you're, you're, I mean, that actually, that's a really good way of describing what it's like doing a hundred miler because, you know, things, because it's such a long distance and, mm. you know, and, and these things, you know, things like Spartathlon and what is it, because these are such long distances, you're never going to be in a great shape the whole time. And so you just need to mm. make sure that you manage your, your state and everything. And the support crew's there to basically provide everything, um, uh, beyond that. And if you work, if they work, they can either, you know, work in place of a pacer or they can work alongside a pacer. So what we were talking about before in the, in the episode, we were talking about pacers, you know, the, the fact that pacers there to, um, to keep you on, you know, keep your, your sort of pace at the right thing to make sure that you, uh, when you go into aid stations, that you're, you're, you're collecting the right things, that you're, you're not going off route, all that sort of thing. Well, the support crew sort of does a similar thing. So support crew makes sure that you, um, uh, basically, yeah, all your routines in place, um, mm. you know, and like a good support crew. Uh, it's really funny. Um, what was what was John saying about the uh, Barclay Marathons? Um, saying that his family helped out a support crew, um, and and that mm. that was great and everything, but they fundamentally didn't understand what he needed, which is why it's always better to have runners uh, in your support crew because they understand what yeah. it's like in that situation, especially if they're ultra runners. Because like when you hit 
when you hit like when you start going over that 50 miles and it's going to be especially so yeah. you know with with the, with the terrain out there as well um you know your mental state is going to be in a different thing and when it gets dark your mental state is going to be a different thing and so you're there to your support crew there to not just provide you know that sort of boost of of seeing you and everything but also to provide that whole you know making sure that all, all of your shit gets done that needs to get done and you, they don't go back out without picking up some essential stuff to get essentially get into the next aid station so yeah so that's it so so like the main thing to remember is firstly you need to speak to him about what he wants and what he needs every time he comes in um, yeah. and adhere yeah. to that and and just basically don't fuck with that at all and even if he um, uh, because he'll be saying, no, he doesn't want things like that. And you'll be like, right, that's, you know, wrong. You're having this, 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 and this, we're going through the yeah. checklist and everything like that. Cause he'll, he'll, he'll you almost his conscience. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly what you are. And the other thing is that, um, beforehand, you probably want to have a word with him about under what circumstances would he, uh, DQ under what circumstances, you know, were, would they not DQ? Um, I mean, like uh, just drop out. Uh, under what circumstances? Yeah. Um, you know, if he's in a bad state, how can you tell? Um, just in case, just in yeah. case. And so it's just work. It's like really working for what through what his routine is and understanding what it is that he wants each thing. But also having everything else available. So the good thing is, if you ha- if I mean this is, doesn't apply in this case, but if you have a pacer then that pacer can obviously, before you get to the aid station stuff, can like run ahead and make sure everything's ready. So if you say, you know, they need um, like food and stuff, um, then that's, you know, that's, they've got that ready and waiting, ready for it to go. Or if they need some like um, uh, first aid or something, then, you know, the, the pacer can run ahead you know, as you're approaching the aid station and, and make sure, you know, the, the, the rest of the support crew have, have sorted it out. But, um, but that, I mean, that's it essentially. It's, the thing about being support though, and I'm, yeah. I've never done it myself, is that it's just shit. It's just <laughs> utter shit. Because, wait, for, wait, for a start, you, you, if, you're, if you're a runner, you're thinking, yeah. shit, I wish I was doing this for a start. Yeah. Um, you're not running it, which means you're sat around for ages doing sod all. You can't drink, of course. Um, mm, can you, you sure? You can have, well, you can have a little bit, but you fundamentally, you, you have to stay up. I mean, I don't know how many people, who else is in the support crew and stuff, but essentially you're going to be there awake as as long as he is while doing it if you if you're not cycling between people and essentially not doing the running bit and so i think it's i it's a really shitty job being support crew. i think like a lot of people think it's a lot of fun and it's not yeah um, and the other i mean the other the other thing you have to do with support crew and that's and this is true like uh, especially on like some of the, like the hundred milers and, and things like that is that you've got to You've got to look after yourself as well. So you've got to look after yourself first. Make sure that you've got enough to eat. You don't suffer from fatigue. Don't think. And you, make sure... <laughs> you don't suffer from fatigue. Well, no, That'd be brilliant. Be stretched off. <laughs> well, he comes in like well, you should give me your gels. But you say, but you say that. And if you have like your parents do, like my parents are brilliant. My parents are absolutely mm. brilliant and everything. And you know they've eventually. But like it, it's like I'll come in and my dad will start telling me about how. Um, uh, you know, how his legs hurting him or something because they've had to they've had to walk for like a couple of miles because they couldn't find it there and stuff like that. You're just like shut up, uh, or yeah, you say oh yeah, I had one of your drinks or something like that. <laughs> you're just like what is going on? So that, which is why it's important to have the right type of thing. But um, but, but it's not yeah, not necessarily. It's just it's just having to wait around for such long periods mm-hmm. of time, especially if, if if you're not always in contact. And I don't know what you know. Um, how you're going to communicate with each other, even if you are going to be able to communicate with each other, um, either, you know, by phone or, or, or anything like when he's, when you know how far out he is or, or whether they got, they have tracking, they've got pretty good tracking, haven't they? On the, 
I've heard um, rumours that you're actually taken from buses, like the support go by bus from checkpoint to checkpoint. That would make sense because it, they are they're not easy places to get to the various um, uh, the various checkpoints on that. So mm. uh, so it, it actually in that situation, I mean that's quite it's quite unusual for that. That, it, that you can, it, it might be quite fun. It might be mm. quite good, like being in that whole thing because it is the atmosphere is supposed to be absolutely amazing on it. Um, but um, and actually, yeah, what, don't get quite... don't get hammered and start and don't start handing out caffeine bullets to people as well. This is not an opportunity <laughs> to do some marketing. Why not? I think that's a great <laughs> idea. No, no. Yeah, that, I mean, the other thing is to remember is like um, making sure that you um, don't get them um, DQ'd as well, which is like something that loads of different like support crews always come under. Like turning up. At, I mean, it won't be in this case, but like turning up at you know uh, um along the along the route in the wrong places which can get the the team and the um oh right disqualified. So they're quite strict are they well i don't yeah on this on this i don't think you've got much of an opportunity because it, it, it it's um it, so i need to difficult. i need to to wear someone else's number as a support crew <laughs> someone <Just> like who <laughs> do we dislike I mean, the other thing you have to do is Wigan Runner doing it. Other... <laughs> well, we need to talk about him. We need to talk about him. He's, he's doing. He's doing this. He... Uh, do you know what? He's been doing this for like two years now, or something. He, he should be getting up to the distance of about a year. <laughs> yeah, he? in total. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, that's, and that's, so, on. do you think Misha then will have a quite a clear view in his head what he wants, when, how? All of those, and well, it's just a case of him almost giving me a checklist. Yeah, yeah, you've got a, you've got a routine. You'll the thing is, you'll you, you'll know when you're coming in useful, it, and it'll be those times where he's like like totally zonked or whatever, or yeah, it, like, it's going to and, and it might just be you know you're you're you'd be a good support crew because you're like a you know a cheeky chappy. You're the sort of you know you'll give out a cheeky huggle and a jiggle, and you know that's exactly the sort of thing you want. You don't want literally to turn up and Jack D there. Um, tell you about how <laughs> fucking cold and miserable it is. That's why you're never going to support That's why me. I'm never support Because <laughs> <laughs> no. my only worry is I've never really been in like, really dark places and races and, and, and reached those levels of exhaustion. So I'm not really that used to, to handling it. Um, but also my other fear is that I'm quite easily distracted. And so <laughs> you know, if I know might, that me's just not even notice it, him come in. <laughs> Well, that's my fear that I'll be like, all right, he's coming in the next hour and a half. Okay. Oh my god, what's that over there? Right, so yeah, well, your like, your role basically is to get him out of that checkpoint as quickly as possible. Mm. You, you you know he, he needs to be in there like as much as he needs to be, but but no more. No more. Yeah. Um, but and that's the thing. I, the most like frustrating thing when you get to that point is you get in there and then people start fucking around with stuff like going, mm. oh, let me just find the gels here and stuff like that, and you're like, all of this should be ready. All yeah, of this should okay. be ready to go, like right away. Um, you know, if there's like, yeah, you know, and and sorting things out in the right order as well. Um, it's just that I, I and that when you're when you're you know when you're going above like sixty miles, you know, seventy miles, eighty miles, and stuff like that. That's the sort of stuff that can piss you off massively. I guess if you've busted your balls to overtake someone. And then the yeah. guy's just left something <laughs> in another bag, or oh god, yeah. I mean, like really, really basic stuff like that. That'll that'll play with your mind as a as a like, you'll be furious. Uh, <laughs> like go through, well, if you're me, but I imagine you. Know, it... <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm quite looking forward to. It seems because it's such a prestigious race. 
it, it's drawing in a lot of people I know from from different areas of running. Yeah. And so Robbie's going to be out there. He's crewing as well. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Britton. Make sure you ask his autograph or something when he's when he comes. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Photo. Yeah. It's selfies. All sorts of stuff. They love that. They love that. <laughs> And so he'll be there. Then a friend, Stephanie, who who ran in Afghanistan, she's going to be... In fact, it seems all my friends are crewing. Oh, really? Brilliant. Um, James from Adidas Runners. So um, it could be quite a party, oh, potentially. What you need to do is you should... You should <laughs> this would be amazing. When people come in, say, offer a selfie with um, David from uh, Bad Boy Running. That's what you just say. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the, I'm the celeb at this checkpoint. Do you want a selfie with me? <laughs> That's quite a good idea. <laughs> and tell them they've won a prize. I was just like, you've won the bad boy running prize. It's in the post. Collect it. Collect it bad at the end. Guarantee. Collect it at the end. Could you know that I've like, forgotten? Although, although there's a prize, but it's really heavy and it's wrapped up. And <laughs> we give it to them at the checkpoint. And it's a bowling ball. Like, you've won the bad boy I... running bowling ball. <laughs> can I pick it up later? No, no. It's now or never. <laughs> What's in the box? You can't open it till the end. <laughs> no. It's the uh... I think yeah, being support crew is uh, unless you're you can, being support crew is easy if it's a lapped race because mm. the support could just stay where mm. they are, and basically sit on their ass and have a nice time while, while you do all the hard work and run around and stuff. And so I can you know that's um, that's good, but yeah, like it's just little stuff. Like find out like what his like favorite music is and stuff. Like it, it's really difficult. People go to different places when on on different runs and stuff, and so you don't yeah. know you know what it what you know how they'll be um but if they turn up in that sort of dark place and stuff it's your job to, to get them back out of that i think i mean the good thing is i know misha incredibly well he's one of my best yeah. mates yeah so i know the terrible music <laughs> so I, I know i could just whack a caffeine bullet in his mouth before he says anything <laughs> <laughs> well he's i think i've talked i've spoken to misha before so he was the he lent me most of my kit for mds but have i talked about the, the gentleman who uh, who went to an ice skating race in Finland. <laughs> no. So, so basically... It's the fact that you used a gentleman that makes me think this is going to take a very odd turn. <laughs> <laughs> so Misha, I, I went to university with, and he's always been uh, just just quite hyper, but not not hyper in um, in how he comes across, but just hyper in how much energy he has as a whole. So... I need to get yes, up and you're saying that you're saying that so he must be really hyper but he if you met him if you if he's not hyper in a conversation no. but for example at university he'd be up at five in the morning and he'd be um rollerblading around Lon- the, the streets of london to see london without any cars and just doing 20 kilometers rollerblading so he decided he was going to do this ice skating race in finland he's a very good rollerblader from what i can gather I don't think he necessarily had the ice skating down. So uh, him and uh, his friend Mike, uh, number f- actually you've, you've met Mike almost certainly. You've probably met Misha. Of course you've met Misha. You met them both at Medoc. Um, and they they both went out there and it was this one lap of a, a huge lake. It was about 10 kilometers around. Yeah. And so they'd start off and he said it was just, unbelievably hard compared to what he was expecting for one it was a kind of minus 20 degrees then when you were skating you had to be concentrating the whole time because although it was a lake you know the lakes don't necessarily freeze completely smoothly yeah 
So there are divots and there's snow in places. So you're constantly having to concentrate um, and to ensure you don't fall over. So he was uh, he was going slower and slower and slower, but felt he was doing quite well. And most people there were doing different distances. So you went out and he didn't realize how few people were doing the hardest, longest distance, which I can't remember exactly what it was. It was a long, a long like 100 miles or similar, or 200 kilometers. So he then, Mike, Mike's a very good skater. Mike comes in and there's one person kind of at the finish going, yeah, right, there you go. So Mike goes, Mike goes and gets himself uh, freshened up. So Misha then goes out on his last lap in the dark and everyone's left. So he's done what is one of the hardest endurance feats especially not even when it's not in the sport you, that you do. So he comes to the finish line. He doesn't even know where the finish line is. <laughs> they removed the finish line. So he's skating around this lake, just thinking, have I finished? Do I keep on going? Like, this is... And um, he said it was one of the most like emotional and anticlimactic finishes. Like <laughs> but I think he came about seventh. Uh, out of 10 people that started so uh, he's he's i mean he i know i know him well when he's in pain because oh, yeah. he, he often runs through pain or um you know he's 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 kind of got that he's he's part russian but he's got that shackleton just carry on grin and oh, bear yeah, yeah, yeah. type attitude so i think he'll be good for this race i'm sure he's going to be in a lot of pain because i doubt he'd have done the miles and certainly not the elevation but um yeah it's going to be interesting especially as i'm going to be wanting to filming him to film him the whole time to send videos to his missus <laughs> yeah i'm sure he'll appreciate that as well <laughs> but, uh, but you know it, it, it you know it's just it is it, in many sense it is like being a pacer um but you've just got to deal with it you've got to deal with a lot more stuff so you've got to you know um you've got to spot stuff um that's going on with him that maybe he wouldn't spot because he's you know like if he's got bleeding nipples or, or something, something awful like that. Do you like think that. it's worth me writing our checklist beforehand? Yeah, absolutely. Asking okay. him, yeah, asking him what he what he, what he, yeah what he wants. What you know, what does he need filling up? Making sure that you know all the gels are put in the same pocket. Or all you know, yeah, yeah, whatever. However he has it, however he has his bag organized, it's worth. Um, of course, I mean that is that's really important because when you're really tired, yeah, you reach for the pocket that you're used to. Yeah, and if it's in the wrong pocket, you might just think you've got nothing. Cork it. I mean, that must have happened in races before where people have finished. So I didn't have any gels. You've got three here, mate. Oh, crap. Yeah. It's just, it, the thing is, it all seems like really, really basic stuff. And like, if you're listening mm. to this and you're thinking, what, what, you know, you need someone to like pack your gels and stuff. Um, mm. It's, it's amazing when you, uh, over those distances and the amount of time on your feet and everything, just, just uh, you just lose your shit. You could just lose, literally lose your shit, um, <laughs> even though it's on you. Um, you know, like not remembering to do like basic things, which it just, it, and, and you know, when you're, when you're thinking about, um, I mean, how, how far are the checkpoints? Like 10 miles between each other, 15 miles possibly, you know, and then you're in that terrain. There is like, you know, on a, on the Thames path. Okay. You're fine. You're never going to, you know, you, you're not going to mm. struggle everything. But you know, around the Mont Blanc Massive, you're. It's you, you know you could you could be causing serious problems. It's not as if someone you know there's going to be people stood there, um, you know along the route, you know available to help if something goes wrong. You know you just need to make sure they've got it, that everything's there for them um, each time. So no pressure. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's actually given me air miles so to fly me out. Oh, has he? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm essentially his employee. Well, good. For the weekend. Well, that's it. You have to be. You have to be like um, a servant to him, basically. Be his <laughs> surf. In fact, I would wear sackcloth if I were you. <laughs> so you know, but branded sackcloth. That would be quite funny. <laughs> and you can show people this is what Brexit will look like. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is what Britain's. <laughs> this is what it's like now Britain. in Britain. We are li- we've literally gone back to the dark ages. <laughs> and just give him potatoes and beetroot as he's coming round. <laughs> Turnips. Just dress up as a different character from a BBC sitcom every time you see him. He'll find that hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's quite a good idea. I might take fancy dress outfits with me. And not and not tell him because he would laugh hard. Because there's at that. nothing like not recognising your crew when you go into a checkpoint, <laughs> or just having my gold pants on when he comes in. There's there's, there's a lot to be said for having something recognisable. Um... <laughs> that right, bad boy, do badders. Send in your suggestions of what I should wear. I've got I've probably got three or four checkpoints. That it's going to be. At. <laughs> I think it would be brilliant if each one, it just gets weirder and weirder. I, his his wife's called Laura, so I might dress up as Laura for one of them. That would be quite good. You don't want to do that on a later on the on the later ones, where it's possibly <laughs> hallucinating and, and getting amorous. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You'd be like, oh, thank God, Laura, that fucking hellard. Such a prick. Was dressing up as idiots. I'm so glad you're here. Give us a kiss. <laughs> yeah, but, no, um, it's good. On to on to other topics. We we've mentioned him, the the infamous Wigan runner. Oh my goodness. I can't believe thing is I can't believe how he can get kicked out of the group. Yet <laughs> he's still in the group. It's amazing. No, I don't so, know what's you, how did if, he get back in? I assumed you let if, him in. I I'd, I'd yeah, I did accidentally let him in. I didn't I, I didn't it didn't clock because it didn't have the Wigan runner, it just had his name. So basically what we've had, we've got a problem. Um, as most I think most running groups have this problem. And this yeah. problem is the is the Wigan runner. And um <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a disease. No, so is a guy, if you if you don't know who the Wigan runner is, is a guy who's uh, he's running like a five K every day and taking a photo of himself. Um, and he was raising money for um, a, was it a home a, a minibus for homeless yeah. charity or something like that? Uh, and it was all pretty innocuous and stuff. But the problem is that he just sends like the picture of him like smiling and um, a photo, and he he would just post it on the on the Facebook page. And so after about three or four weeks of doing it, you just got your whole Facebook your whole Facebook group filled up with these pictures of it, and there was no like message or anything. It was all it will be you know there'd be some trite quote with it. And, and also, if you're a member of more than one group, you'll be getting email oh. notifications for every time. She'll be having to delete four, five, six, seven emails every day, which <laughs> doesn't sound like a lot, them. but it really starts to piss you off <laughs> after so, a while. Yeah, and so the um, and so it's been happening in the group and stuff, and so he's been kicked out. One, he, he was warned, and then he was kicked out. And um, actually, for a while, like the do badders. The do badders were brilliant, I and mean, we've oh, mentioned absolutely. this on previous podcasts. Yeah, the, the do badders started taking the piss, started posting their own photos. With he's got these huge—I don't think they're Beats, but they're massive headphones that, for some reason, he's always wearing when he takes a photo when he runs. Yeah, yeah. So, I, and uh, I think they've been christened. Is it derp cans? Derp cans. Derp cans. This derp can, I think, is a new is a new uh, uh, slogan. But um, where's yeah. derp cans come from? Is that oh, a just, phrase? Just I don't know because <laughs> they they're just cans <laughs> that look a bit derpy. So <laughs> <laughs> neither of those words make any sense in relation to headphones <laughs> no, in my mind. But... It somehow seems perfect. 
Um, <laughs> it does make it, yeah. But the, good, but the good thing, right, so if you're not in the Facebook group at the moment, join the Facebook group because they're brilliant. Because if someone comes in and spams, um, then we really, we love that actually because um, it's a good chance to have fun with it. And normally if someone spams and um, we, we have a bit of banter with them and everything, and you know, they'll, and if they're good, they'll have a bit of banter back rather than get angry and defensive and stuff yeah. and you know, all that. And everything works out fine. And I think there's a few people in the group who, who, you know, who came in that way. And, um, you know, we're, I think we're a rather tolerant bunch, but we do it in a, in a quite a, you know, quite a fun way. Although and actually we, we're more than happy for people to promote things to do batters if they genuinely understand who do batters are yeah. and they're, they're promoting it as something that's genuinely interesting to them and not just your cut runners buy my shit. Yeah. Or cutting and pasting and shoving it in the group. Um, yeah. But then, so we had this really, so it, so it got worse and worse. And so eventually um, I said, you know, don't post anymore. I, I messaged him, said don't post anymore and then kicked him out. Um, and then he made some, some comment about, um, Oh, what did he make a comment about? I can't remember. <laughs> he said something along like, "What?" He said, "What group are you again?" And so I, <laughs> I said, "With a parkrun discussion group, actually, come back in. I'll let you post one." <laughs> and then, and so he didn't happen for a while, and then, um, and then he came back in. But he's he's brought he brought some people with him, um, and I think it's his. I think it's he's his infiltrated, and he's got a friend of his or something, and so they're posted on his behalf, and so. <laughs> So which all, i think is quite funny it's all and it is it's very difficult because you you ran a little poll as to whether we should get rid of him and he is he was disrupting everything so we thought oh like we, we will get rid of him stuff but that his his like attack dogs have um they've got really defensive about it so like people are criticized saying oh please don't post this anymore stuff like that and everything and they're getting really angry with everyone to the point <laughs> which shows you just how Un, you know how you know, they just don't understand the group and they don't really understand what the point of the group is uh, because they they say you know they're telling us not to call him a do badder um which is this doesn't make any sense <laughs> and then i made some comments saying oh if you do this again this is your first and only warning and then she writes me and goes who even are you <laughs> but i think it's so what i don't understand is if, if someone says please stop spamming us why you'd think it's a good idea like in your interest to continue doing the thing yeah and it's but they still seem to be and i i actually because he he then became he then uh, became friends with me on facebook and like sure and i I had to email him saying look i'm sorry i'm gonna have to unfriend you because you i i've stopped following you and i still get emails from every single group that you post in and i don't want to have to leave those groups and i even said to him you you think what you're doing is, is for a good cause and therefore it's all fine but actually you're destroying Facebook groups because people are having to change their filters yeah. so that they only see highlights or people from posts from their friends. And it then just means that those groups become incredibly cliquey or insular because you only see content from people that are already firmly established in those groups. And it just then ends up killing the group. But he just, I don't know if he just doesn't read stuff or he's not clever and doesn't understand it or he, he truly just doesn't care. But he just seems to be like, uh, yeah everyone else is really friendly to me and like but just can you just not post so we've not let him back in and it's i think it's the fact as well they're raising to send some kids to play dodgeball dodgeball in america and like really i mean i'm not i don't want to ever undermine people's kind of good intentions but but it's the, well, the fundamental thing is there's a lot of people raising a lot of money for good causes and stuff and just because you're raising money for a good cause in and of itself isn't enough you're in a group 
And people like someone like Ali, who's yo, know, she's doing like some incredible challenges. Um, and a lot of yeah. other people are doing incredible challenges. And there's nothing wrong with them pushing it in the group because they're engaged in the group. They're part of yeah. the community. That's the whole point of it. You can't just like swan in and you know, start going, oh, I'm doing it for a good cause. Therefore, you know, don't be nasty to me. And you're like, well, no one's really being nasty, but it's just, you know, you have to sort of earn like the friendship of being in the group. You don't contribute to it in any way. How do you expect people to... Because people won't actually give you any money. No one's going to give you money on the basis of them seeing your fucking face every two <laughs> days, every day. I mean, it, it's the whole idea. I mean, like, come on, it's just, it's like basic common sense. Like, if you... It's not, it's, that's not going to get you close. This is the reason you're taking so long to raise your money, is that you're not going about it. Someone, someone somewhere has said, just get your face out there, get your face out there, keep doing it again and again and again. I bet uh, it's going to take him till 20 fucking 20 <laughs> to raise the money for that. That do- dodgeball, they'll have, they'll have gone and played wait, that dodgeball wait. thing. Why don't we form a do better dodgeball team? To play them. <laughs> and beat them in the final. <laughs> That would be amazing. No, no, we won't be able to because he'll never raise enough money in time <laughs> to get him to send him there because he's pissing everybody off who could possibly sponsor him. Oh, well, how about we challenge him to a, a, a do better dodgeball, dodgeball game? Is he so? Is he involved? Is he part of this dodgeball team? I think yeah, he is. He's raising money for himself. <laughs> he's raising money for to, to go to America and play dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> It, but sounds, we're we're it definitely children. sounds like a scheme you'd come up with. It's quite brilliant. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, let's do oh, This is our way of surreptitiously getting our own holiday to America. Hey, yeah, guys, why don't we... Let, as a reaction to the Wigan runner, how about we raise money for us to go across and <laughs> show them yeah, what's what? So if D-Badders want to, to, to raise money for me to take children to uh, run in South Africa <laughs> not to a marathon <laughs> I, and I'll, be I'll take, take a kid or two sure why not whatever, I'll be taking whatever, children sure. to Madoc in um, uh, <laughs> September so if you could raise some money to, for oh, me you to take, take your kids JD that'll work <laughs> oh no I'm not Chris yeah, there, yeah I, that's I, true. I, I will have noticed actually that I don't think Wigan Runners posted today has he not? No, not at all? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's happened. Maybe I've, he's I've had a change of heart. I've been checking it all day. I wonder if they... Just... <laughs> Are you starting to miss him? I, no. No, I did notice that um, that his attack dogs had gone through and uh, deleted a lot of their comments as well. So so maybe they might have learnt. Ah, oh, interesting. There's still a lot of him. There's still a, what I, the best thing is, like, all the do-badders who are, <laughs> who are doing impressions of it. Those are the best. Benjamin Ficken. What is he? He's got a couple of cans on his ears, and he's got that that awful T-shirt that says Boogie Boys on it. <laughs> I've not noticed that. I quite like that. See that one. <laughs> it's just the fact that everyone, everyone's just doing impressions as well. It's brilliant. <laughs> Even Kate, Kate and Louise Jane, she's 87 miles into a race and she's making a derp can. <laughs> so, I mean, she's done more miles, like, in one race than he's done on, like, his entire, like, time running. <laughs> Still has time to do it. Brilliant. But um, moving on, moving on, I've had, um, relating to the, the World Beer Mile last year, oh, yeah. uh, so last week. Or two weeks, we spoke about it. Um, a friend of mine, Kaz, who lives in Hong Kong, she has posted about the Hong Kong beer mile. Have I talked about this oh, before? Oh, wait, was it the Hong Kong beer mile, the one that didn't have any beer? Oh, in fact, I've already talked about it. I've already spoken no, about no. this one. Okay. Oh, uh, you might have done. 
Yeah, I, I probably mentioned it last week. I saw it, where I saw it on the thing, but yeah, they had, they, 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 like, wasn't it like a day before they were told they weren't allowed to have beer on it? Yeah, so they still did the run with the stopping, but for water. So, uh, <laughs> great, great event there. But have we had any, um, we had any letters or any feedback from the do-badders or, or things worth mentioning? No, no, but I think there is something we need to mention because we haven't, we haven't talked about it yet, and it, and it relates to the last episode. Oh, um, and we need to have a discussion about this because I was determined for you to watch it before we we spoke again, um, and that was um, Icarus. Icarus, yes. So, um, so yeah, Bad Boy Running is known for two things: one, barely talking about running, and two, Netflix recommendations. So, um, and this is a cycling Netflix recommendation. Yeah, absolutely. You're like, what was Jodie even doing watching a cycling documentary? But I was, I was uh, recommended it. Cause I Did thought, you think well, you were studying Greek mythology? I was thinking, oh look, it's about cyclists. It's bound to be about drugs, uh, and I was right. <laughs> um, so it's a chance for me to just prove what a bunch of cheating bastards they all are. So, um, so I, so I watched it and I was like, I was completely blown away by it, um, by just how how brilliant it was. So, uh, and then I, then I said, oh, you've got to watch, you've got to watch, you've got to watch it, David, and everything. And um, so basically, what happens is it, it's a documentary about a guy who's a, a cyclist um, and a is uh, a, a documentary filmmaker. And what he decides to do is um, he, he does. I can't remember what the name of the race that he did. He, he, he did every year in France or whatever it was. Um, it looks it, incredible. But it was just like a, you know, it's like a seven day race and everything. And he's you know, like a you know, brilliant cycling. You know, tries hard. He trains loads. And uh, I think, I think a, isn't it the, the the hardest seven days of the Tour de France yes, back to back? That's right. That's it. And um, uh, and don't bother mailing us or anything, so I don't care. Um, but um, who's going to mail you? I don't know. But someone is always goes, "Oh, it's called this," and I'm like, oh, it's fine, <laughs> okay. well, like... <laughs> "Well, let let me email." <laughs> going, no, yeah, email David. Email someone else. I don't, I don't give a shit what it's called. Um, but basically, he was saying that he was 14, and he said, "Like, you know, I, I gave it my all, and like, literally, the top 10, they were just nowhere to be seen." And he's like, "They are definitely." definitely uh doping which to be fair well, i don't I think said, he, i don't think he explicitly said they're doping i think I he do. said they're on a like a level i can't explain he, he basically hinted that there's no other answer to this other than dot 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 <laughs> yeah well to be honest you know i mean that uh, that's a, a strange thing for him not to come out with a say considering what happened in the rest of the uh the mm. documentary but um mm. so yeah so he uh he did what the nor- what any normal person would do in that situation and said I know what I'll do is I'm going to start doping um, but it's not going to be it's going to be okay because I'm capturing it all on film because if I'm capturing it on film for a documentary I'm exposing the people doping while also doping myself to show how effective it is and so it starts this amazing journey um, about him doping um and how to uh, get past it and so he spoke to uh, this guy who was um the head of um uh, wada who said that he would help him do it in order to prove this point but then dropped out of it and then pointed him to a um, a, a russian guy a guy working um as part of the uh, russian um uh, uh, anti-doping team and that but he, really... he'd also specifically he'd not just asked for them to help him dope that he'd said can you create a plan a program, that would be yeah. impossible to be um, to be caught, and the ease at which they all went, yeah, okay, easy. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, it wasn't the case of oh, that's really hard. They were just like, yep, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yep, there you are. And so, 
and then it just it like one thing went after the other. And so um if you um if you haven't watched it, I would um I would I would probably stop the podcast here and watch it because um, In fact it seems at the moment the very best I don't know if it's incredibly well produced and planned, but the very best documentaries seem to be flukes. Well, oh, yeah, I mean, that's what I was coming on to. So, so if, you, if you're going to watch this, um, I'd stop the documentary now and watch it so that we don't ruin mm. anything for you because we're, we're going to be spent, uh, mentioning some spoilers. So uh, here's a bit of light music. Okay, have you watched it? Brilliant. Right, so now you're back. <laughs> now you're back. Um, so... The, the like the first thing. To, so basically, what happens is that he, um, the guy that he gets involved with, this Russian guy, is one of the funniest characters. And it's it, amazing. What, what, I mean, it it feels as though like Sasha Baron Cohen has created a new <laughs> character, and uh, and, and he just doesn't give a shit. No, he doesn't. No, and you think, why is he so brazen? And then you just start to realise because this is a time when all the stuffs coming about coming out about the Russian thing, and he's in charge of their like they're doping and they're anti-doping and stuff and you and it basically it transforms from being a documentary about him um taking uh, doping to try and win this cycle race so essentially being about how deep the doping went on the russian side because the depth they go into it and um you know how it's all state sponsored and it's just it's incredible like the, the how you know where, where this all comes from but like you said it's an accidental documentary in the sense that the, the original experiment of mm. him doping um, on this cycle race, was he actually got worse. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird thing. But they, I mean, when they talked about his power yeah. going into it, it was oh. incredible. He'd gone to, he'd gone from, and I, I don't know what the units are that their cycling powers measured, but he'd gone from approximately 250 to, uh, sorry, 280 to, or 250 to 380. So he'd, he'd increased his power by 50%. And when you think he was a top, top amateur previously, it's incredible. Yeah, and he was like, it was, it was like microdosing, wasn't it? Microdosing just enough time. Um, it's amazing, like the yeah, the level I went to, like he got all the um, uh, his his urine and stuff, and freezing that and taking that out, and just like incredible, you know. And it's but, when you look at the, but it's all the, his, but, go on. It's when you look at his selection of pills that he was having. Not even that day, but that this is my pills for now. And like, oh my god, it's like twelve pills there. Yeah, and it's just the. Um, but the thing is, like, it's just the the ease with which all of it was done. I mean, like, who did yeah. he go to? He went. He went to a, a clinic, wasn't it? And it was like an anti aging clinic. Um, and the guy there provided the, the things that he needed, like all the all the all the relevant stuff at this anti aging clinic, in conjunction with this this Russian guy. Um, and uh, yeah, and it, 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 it's just it was the ease with which all of it was done. It was like none of this was like none of this is too much trouble. None of this is yo. Know, oh, we don't know how we're going to get around. It's just like you get around it like this, this, and this. And he 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 essentially said that every they're like right how how many years have because he ends up going to America. He escapes Russia. He's now actually um, on on witness protection. Yeah. So yeah, the Russian yeah the, the yeah the Russian guy um, the yeah. You know, because the, it it was only one two three steps away from Putin, um, and he they were asking him because he had an interview with the FBI. He did an expose with the New York Times. They're asking him how many Russians were doing this, and he's like, well, everyone, like the whole Olympic team. And then it goes and back like, not just Olympic, like football. Yeah, it's like uh, for how many years? Like, all years. 
just just all the time. And at Sochi, they had originally decided they were going to potentially stop taking the drugs, so they wouldn't be, so they couldn't get tested while the Winter Olympics were happening. And they decided that they wanted to win far more, and they think they they thought they could get around the system. So they actually had everyone doping throughout the whole of the games, and because it was on Russian soil they had a way of breaking into the testing lab and switching the samples. Yeah. And, the, and they'd created a specific machine which could break the seal of these unbreakable... Well, if you, if essentially, if you break the seal on the bottles, you wouldn't be able to reseal them. And they, they, they made a machine that could do that specifically for it so they could then have all the Russians just taking drugs throughout the whole olympics right under the nose of the of the i mean the thing is this, that's what really was impre- like the, so when they were telling all this to um all of the uh, to, to to wada um and they were just in complete disbelief and so they, they they set up an independent investigation and literally every single claim was corroborated mm. with evidence Every single and they claim. looked at they looked at all the bottles and they said, yeah, every single bottle here has scratch marks from where it's it it, it, can, it adheres to what he said about the machine cracking it in such a way that it would scratch it, and they've all got these scratch marks, but only the Russian ones. Yeah, I'm like yeah. wow, yeah. And then and then so and that came out just before um, uh, the Olympics in uh, in Rio, and uh, mm. and the IOC, what Olympic Committee just said. Yep, Russia can compete. <laughs> mm. Even though that Wada said, like, you know, they should be banned from every single, like, competing completely and across other sports as well. Um, and and in my mind, they should say, unless, I mean, what if Wada were had any intention of of what was of cleaning up and being fair, they should say, we know this is the case. You need to until Russia admit exactly what happened and spell out fill in all the missing details you know no athlete from russia will ever be allowed to compete ever again but was it Wada's decision in the end i thought it was the international olympic committee's decision they went over wada it would be i mean it would be both um they'd have to have they'd have well the wada would be able to independently come up with rules separately to the ic certainly in how they tested but that's that's what I find incredibly annoying. It was almost right. We're going to ban you from these games now. We're going to assume everything's back to normal, whereas essentially Russia got away with it because it it did sound as if this went right to the top to Putin yeah. and to the sports minister and to the head of the Olympic Committee, and yet they pinned it all on this guy who's now in witness protection and said he yeah it was all him and carried on and and that's still me, carrying on. <laughs> Yeah, and and probably probably oh, okay. are still carrying on because why not? And um, and that's what really annoyed me. They need to. It's not just a case of a slap on the wrist. It has to be, and this is broken until you give us ways in which you uh, show that how how this worked and why it won't happen again. You're never going to be able to come back into sport. But it was just a blanket. That's it. And so yeah, they complete just got away with it. But uh, there's there's so many documentaries are like that where. Um, for example, the it's now what's it called? The YouTube, so the MTV program, something fish. Oh yes, uh, catfish. Catfish oh, was exactly that's the amazing. same. Yeah, and and the way that documentary twi- documentary twisted, and it was nothing to do with the 
with the producers, the editors, they just got lucky. And the and the documentary, the is it the Queen of Versailles or the Princess of Versailles? I've not seen that. Really good one. I think it's still on Netflix, where there's um, this a, a millionaire, multi-millionaire. I, I don't think quite billionaire. Probably five, six hundred million pounds king of timeshare in america and he is creating with his wife who is this larger than life um eastern european yeah they're building a replica of the palace of versailles it's going to be the biggest but most ghastly house in america yeah the documentary starts about that and then halfway through the financial crash happens and because timeshare it's all but it's essentially based on getting new people in yeah. and also on the property prices, um, leveraging money to, to get new property. Hot, they lost all of their money. And so it twisted from being this, this story about her building this ghastly monstrosity into almost, I think you're, I don't know if they've edited it this way, and this is where the production could have been quite good, yeah. or whether just instinctively rich guy, younger Eastern European wife you're there thinking she's in it for the money. Oh, wow. He's lost the money. Oh my God, this is happening. What's that? And then just you're observing thinking what's actually going to happen to this couple. And it is, it's, it's really good documentary. It's, it's quite, you, 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 you feel very sorry for them, but at the same point, um, there is that little bit of jealousy where you're like, yeah, how'd you like it now? But really good watching. And from the outset, you've got no idea what's going to happen. And they just completely lucked out. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, ones that, that, that take a that take a turn like that. Because there's no way with that doping thing that you just think, oh, they're going to end up, you know, finding out like the KGB's involved in... <laughs> yeah. I mean, like... We- but it's just, yeah, he just goes from one thing to another. Um, and he has to he has to help smuggle the guy out of the country. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... It's properly, uh, it, it, oh, it's, it's frightening, really. I just think it's, you know, it, it, that character, the, the, the character of the guy, and the thing is, you know, the fact that he, his mum used to dope him. He used to get his mum to dope him, didn't he? When yeah. he was like, you know, it's just like when he was running, when he was younger, it was just like, yep, doping, that's it. That's what I needed in order to win stuff. Um, it's just, it, it's so ingrained with, you know, for, well, for his account was, you know, it's so ingrained within the system um, and yeah. they basically let him do whatever he wants in order to do it with, you know, with the full support. Um, but just incredible. And, you know, after, especially straight after um, the, you know, the discussion we were having about, uh, you know, how prevalent it is and about times and, you know, getting rid of um, you know, previous times and stuff. Because you think mm. the amount of, you know, the amount of athlete, how, how can you motivate yourself as an athlete? Um and and even when you watch the because now that I've watched that documentary, it recommends similar ones. And I, I rewatched the start of the Lance Armstrong one, and he was an incredibly good cyclist. And then there's this one race where a Spanish cycler on a time trial smashes past him, oh, yeah. barely out of breath, going about four or five miles an hour quicker. And you can see the look on his face at the end, and you know he's thinking, "I'm never going to be able to beat this guy." He's he's just taking drugs. Yeah, got to do what it takes. And you see that's that moment, that one race is when he changed from being a clean guy to being the Lance Armstrong we know. And, and while I don't condone it, you can completely understand it. If you've got, if you have no faith that this this guy's going to be caught, then if you are that driven to win, you've got no choice other than to to get to play the game as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just it's so hard. It's so it, it's just what what I like about it is that it, it's not it, it's not as black and white. You can totally see it. There's just mm. no, there's just nothing. It's not fair on anyone, is it? I mean, like yeah. that's the thing is the athletes who are doing it because they feel they need to do. It. I mean, it's a bit different when it's like institutionalized, like in Russia. Um, yeah, that's thinking. You... That's that's fundamentally different. It's it's not as if you know one by one they're doing it. They're doing it because they link that to um, the popularity of Putin and the, the invasion of the Ukraine. Um, yeah. in, in the thing, you know, that his popularity went up and he felt emboldened by it and he invaded the Ukraine. I mean, there are serious effects by, by doing that. I'm not sure how, how accurate that was or, or, or what that meant, but, but that's what happened. But also, if, you, if you're a Russian athlete, you wouldn't have any choice but to dope. Oh, yeah. And so oh, yeah, yeah. You then, I mean, that's, it's, it seems incredibly harsh to, they have cheated, but they've had no choice. And so, you know, and especially if it is linked to Putin, how do you? How yeah, exactly. do what do you do? Say? I mean, that's the problem. If it if it comes from there, um, you know, what? Yeah, what are they going to do? Yeah, you can either try and defect to a country, turning whistleblower when you know what happens to Russians in other countries when Putin is not happy with them, um, or you just do what everyone else does and you cheat. Yeah. I mean, like the guy, yeah, you know, was it the sports minister? The, you know, he's deputy prime minister now in Russia. I mean, like, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just awful. It's awful. But yeah, but that's oh, such a good documentary. That's such yeah. a good one. It, it, it's been a while since I watched one that's, um, that was just like as gripping as that. Yeah. In terms of what was going to happen next and what, what they found out. And where you love the baddie so and, much. Oh, he's just, he was like, yeah. He wasn't a baby. He was just a cheeky chappy. Just a cheeky <laughs> he chappy. Ch- he started he's just a cheeky chuggy chappy. Because I started with a little bit of caffeine, uh, just uh, dishing out caffeine to athletes, <laughs> and then I made him into product, and then it just went after another. I need to find him as my scientist. He's, to, he's then, out of work, isn't then, he? Then I put a little bit of hemp oil in it, a little bit of hemp oil. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to be my, my next one, Hempy Humps, or Hempy Lumps. Hempy Humpy Lumps. <laughs> The new product range from Caffeine Bullet. No, and you need a character called Ross Hemp, who's going to be... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that would be brilliant. <laughs> if you're not an English person who watches EastEnders, that would mean nothing to you. But uh... <laughs> Ross Hemp on drugs. So, D-Bad, if you've got any views on on cheating or drugs, if you've got any recommendations on documentaries if you've got any idea at all how to use cbd um or hemp oil what you know exactly the purpose of it is how to take it let us know um any stories about crewing or any advice on how to be a good crewer or any experiences you've had where the crew person has made a difference to your race whether that's good or, or bad or, or whether they've totally balls it up like nightmare <laughs> crew situations. those would be quite good actually nightmare support crew situations or if you've witnessed someone else have i mean oh, yeah i think i would cast my mind back but i've seen other people struggling with uh, with their support crew normally if it's their parents or someone else that has turned up did, um, did, did your support crew feed you um, proper hemp oil instead of <laughs> instead of the legal hemp oil, <laughs> and you just got the munchies? 
No, no. So yeah, um, anything, anything you got, do balance that'd be great. If you haven't um, subscribed to the podcast yet, hit subscribe on iTunes. That'd be great, or on the uh, or whatever you use if you're on Android. Um, and um, and make sure you leave us a review. We're getting near to a hundred reviews now. I think we're not we're not that far off. So uh, only leave us you can leave us a five star review then. Uh, we don't really want one star reviews, but make sure it's funny. Like yeah, it can be from any things. fictional character you'd like. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I, we haven't got one from the Wigan runner yet. <laughs> I think we need that. <laughs> well, but um, if you if you want to come racing with us, the the next race where quite a few Dubai's are going to is, is the Edinburgh Ultra, which is in mid October. It's about fifty six k, I think. Um, it's going to be a brilliant one. A bit of an after party Sunday night. Oh yeah, we'll make sure we'll um, uh, pin the post at the top of the uh, the Facebook group. So if you want to um, find out about how to get uh, money off tickets for that, so just come into the Facebook group. Yeah, have a look at the Comrades Ultra and just see if it tickles your fancy. It's it's there's going to be quite a big group going from a running club Heathside who all seem quite friendly. So it's quite, I think it's quite a nice one to do um, if you've done a few ultras and want to step it up a little bit and want to do some sightseeing. It's classic. And they have the best cutoff, don't they? the bloke yeah. stood to his, to his back um or, or woman i don't know who it is stood to his back and then like it doesn't matter how, you know if you're not there on dead on that cutoff um you don't get across hopefully i yeah i wouldn't want to fall foul of that and then put the comrade so put the do badder christmas party in the calendar is it third of december 10th of december it is second of december it's the first weekend in december it's, it's near my birthday it's like the weekend of my birthday so that'll be in London. We'll probably do some kind of a race during the day, and then we're off to King's Cross at night, and uh, there'll be lots of tomfoolery happening there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, make sure you watch Icarus as well, and then let us know. We'll have a big discussion about it in the Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. So Facebook groups are where we tend to communicate with everyone. So join that. Any emails, you can email us through the group, or letters at badboyrunning.com. And uh, yeah, anything else, JD? I think that's it for this week, man. Wonderful. Well, great to speak to you, and uh, see you next week. Right, see you later, man. Bye 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 bye